Hi, I'm Megan Hillica, a grieving mother turned grief coach. I now support, guide, and offer tools to navigate the unthinkable of child loss to other moms who also know this pain. I help you go from empty, lost, and broken to learning to carry your grief and live alongside it. If there's one thing I want you to see, it's hope. Hope that there's life after loss. Hope that there's so much more for you and encouragement that you're normal. All of this is possible along with never forgetting or moving on from your baby or child. I'm holding on to hope for you until you are ready to hold it yourself. Welcome to Grieving Moms Podcast. Hello, this is Megan Hillica. Um, Today we're going to talk about the anxiety that might have come up after your child died. Um, I just want to give you a little update about where I'm recording and what I'm doing. Um, I just checked into an Airbnb. This is really weird for me um, to not be recording in my car. I checked into an Airbnb um, because tomorrow is going to be 90 degrees where we are. And I have a full day of calls tomorrow and I can't do them in my car it's way too hot and plus it's just it is getting exhausting trying to do a bunch of calls in my car because my computer keeps dying that's a huge problem for me because my plugger charger thing just doesn't work on my computer super well so anyways I'm super excited to be here at the Airbnb I'm gonna try knock out a bunch of episodes um get them all recorded for before baby comes and doing a ton of work doing a ton of calls ton of podcast episodes so here I am with a voice with a cold this and my voice doesn't sound so great and doing lots of work so let's dive into today's episode um, about anxiety I had anxiety before Aria died Um, not too bad but I had it and I lived with it and but after Aria died my anxiety went through the roof literally like unable to relax ever everything I saw around my kids had the potential to kill them really that was I I saw threat everywhere I wanted to bubble wrap my kids and prevent them from getting hurt I constantly checked on them I constantly checked on my husband. I was literally a ball of stress on pins and needles. And when I think of that time in my life, I'm a little amazed that I survived. I, I'm kind of like, wow, wow, that was a really horrible time. It was so horrific and stressful. So we all already know that anxiety is not healthy for you, right? We know that. We know that it's not something that anyone wants to live with Um, it's not something you're choosing or I'm choosing and yet the anxiety rates are climbing and it seems to be a huge problem some problems that come with anxiety which you probably already know if you're living with it but I want to share them again here are the health problems things like stomach problems numb face lightheadedness panic attacks um, or whatever health problems you've had Um, you've been experiencing with anxiety. So when I was living in horrific anxiety, I was not only anxious all the time, but on top of that, I felt horribly guilty about my anxiety because I knew that it was not only affecting me, but my kids and my household. I knew that I could be passing this on to my kids. 
and that kids that grow up with an anxious mom can become more anxious themselves. So to add the guilt on top of the anxiety. And I think most people know what they're thinking, what they're feeling, but then people will say things to you, you know, to to somebody that seem to imply that you can control what you're feeling and thinking. They might say something like, if you're experiencing anxiety, they might tell you, just let it go. Don't worry about it. And I don't think that they're trying to cause harm or be mean. They're trying to be helpful, but it doesn't seem very useful at all to me. So what does this mean about anxiety? If you can't just let it go or stop worrying about it, what kind of choices do you have? Because it's a horrible thing to live with, so you want to be done with it, right? You don't want to just keep living with it. So you could take medication, um, which might be useful for some and maybe useful for a time for others, but it can also be detrimental to others and really affect their quality of life. Um, you could go to a therapist and talk about your anxiety and your problems, and this tends actually to make the anxiety more intense and worse when you start to focus on your anxiety and ruminate about your anxiety and worry about your anxiety kind of amplifies it you could try to relax more you know that's what people say which possibly could help but how do you even begin to relax when you're constantly on edge and your body literally cannot relax so most people think that you can just deal with the emotion and the thought and that you should be able to just let it go but I've been learning and I've learned from my own experience too that where the emotions and the thoughts are coming from are a different place than when, you know, when we're trying to fix them. So they're coming from a different place. So I think if I came up to you and I said, hey, I'm trying to change this song on the speaker. I don't want this music playing. I don't really like it. And I keep yelling at the speaker. I keep shaking it. I keep looking for different buttons and it's just not working and it's not listening to me and then you gently tell me hey Megan that's because the music is not coming from the speaker it's coming from this device over here this is where the music is playing from so you have to go to the device in order to change the music so I want to share really quickly a few thoughts about anxiety that have significantly helped me with anxiety I've shared on here in another episode that I had significantly reduced my anxiety in my life with EMDR. And then I'd come to a place in my life where I thought it's just something I have to live with to some extent, Um, that it was just something that I had to manage since I personally didn't want to medicate it. I kind of thought that the tools that I have in my tool belt those are my ways of managing anxiety. Like anxiety would just always be something that I have to manage. That it won't be something that I would be able to completely get rid of, but that I'll be able to manage it and keep it under control and that I can function daily in my life. And then I've learned different things about anxiety And I got some RRT sessions done on my anxiety. And literally, I'm amazed at how little anxiety shows up for me. 
So there are times that might pop up, but it just seems rarer and rarer these days. And it's so much less and definitely not as intense. And I, I can kind of, um, manage it and, or like calm it down pretty quickly without having to do anything. So I used to have moments where I'd have to go sit and do my tapping and sit with the sensations in my body because I couldn't function otherwise. I would go have to take a break from my life so I can manage my anxiety so I can get back to it. And now it doesn't affect my life that significantly. And I'm usually able to just calm it down during whatever I'm doing and I'm fine. It's really weird. It really is. I, It kind of blows my mind. So I'm going to share um, three different types or parts of anxiety and I intend for this to be useful for you that if we were to do a RRT session together, I would go way deeper into this. But since this is a shorter podcast episode, I'll share a bit about these. Um, so often you go to the doctor, you are just told you have anxiety and there is little understanding about why or how this happens. So it just becomes your identity as you're someone with anxiety. <laughs> That's who you are. You just take the identity on, take it as part of who you are, and you know, you're an anxious person. And so this is how diagnoses can really become cemented into our identity and who we are. Um, so here I want to share number one, that you have been in experiencing anxiety, you are not anxiety, and how anxiety works a bit to bring some more understanding. So... I think of of anxiety as having three parts. The first part is the threat. So your mind can't tell the difference between a real or imagined threat. If it's useful for you to have fear in your body, like you're being chased, it's a useful response because um, when your mind perceives a threat, like say a lion is chasing you, um, it helps you get stronger makes your legs stronger, makes your heart pump faster, makes you breathe faster to get away from the threat. If it's a perceived threat, like what happens if I fail my chemistry test? Again, your mind can't tell the difference, but it makes you stronger to protect you from that threat. But you can't run away from the test. Running won't do you any good. So the first part is mind sees threat. It makes you stronger. And for most of us, this is useless because the threats we have in our life don't make us need to be stronger and faster to get away from the threat. So it's useless. But most of us perceive anxiety to be making us weaker when really it's making you stronger. So number two is when mind perceives a threat and is making you stronger, your heart beats faster you know, your breath quickens. And if you were out on a running a marathon, you're not like, oh, why is my heart beating faster? Why am I breathing heavier? Um, and you also say, all of a sudden you're, you're sitting there and all of a sudden your heart starts beating faster and your breath quickens. You don't say, oh, my heart is beating faster and I'm breathing faster because I'm getting stronger. <laughs> Yay, my body and its defense and everything's working great. You might think, what is wrong with me? 
Why is my heart beating so fast when I'm just sitting here? Something's wrong. I'm falling apart. Like all of those things. And then your mind says, oh, there's more threat. So let's make you stronger. And so the cycle starts again. So your mind makes body stronger. Then the person perceives the the strength as a threat, which continues mind to make body stronger. And so this just cycle continues and continues. So the last part is when mind starts gathering data and information about the threat. Why is this here? Where did this come from? How do I protect myself? What else do I need to know? This might be what you call anxiety about anxiety. Racing thoughts where you are trying to figure out where it's coming from. Why am I thinking this way? Why am I feeling this way? Why am I anxious? I used to think that I needed to get to the bottom of where my anxiety was coming from. Every time I would get anxious, I'd be like, why am I feeling anxious? What's going on? Where's it coming from? What am I thinking about? And I've since realized that I don't need to know, which is so freeing. I just understand that my mind is perceiving a threat that doesn't exist. And I tell my mind there's no threat. (laughs) It's so weird. I don't need to figure it out or understand where it's coming from. So again, um, that's the three parts of anxiety. I definitely can go way deeper into this um, and really help move forward things with anxiety with you. But I wanted to share a little bit with you so that it could start being useful for you right now. And I want to share that after my maternity leave, which I don't know how long I will take, but when I'm ready to do it, I'm planning on doing an anxiety and grief program inside of Grieving Moms Haven. I'm super excited about this because I know it's very common and it's something that a lot of us believe we just have to live with, just have to be able to you know, function. And I also know what it's like to live with such horrific anxiety. It can literally ruin your daily function. So not only are you grieving your child, now you're anxious and worried and scared every single day. And you're starting to avoid the things because you don't want to feel anxious or to feel out of control. And like, there's nothing you can do about it. And child loss just truly ratchets up anxiety to a whole other level. So this would be a live course where I teach you different things about anxiety and do RRT sessions. And my intention would be for you to come in with what you believe to be anxiety that you just have to live with. And when you're done with the program, you have minimal anxiety and know what to do if it showed up. So that anxiety is just not a problem for you anymore. So it will be a few months before I do this program. I, I'm like, sometimes life just, it doesn't get in the way because I, I want my life first, but I really want to do this program and I'll just have to wait until after baby, until I feel up for it. And I feel like I have the mental capacity and emotional capacity and physical capacity after having a baby, um, to do this. So Again, it'll be in a few months, but for those of you who are interested, you can either get inside of Gravy Mom's Haven when the doors open up or go to meganhillica.com and watch my free video on anxiety and grief 
and get on my email list that way so you don't miss this course when it happens. I'm always rooting for you, my friend. I know that you don't want to live with anxiety. It's not that you aren't trying hard enough or that you're doing it wrong. Like I said, most of us are trying to get rid of anxiety from the wrong place. So what I can guide you in doing is clearing that anxiety from the place that it's actually coming from. So with that, take care and I'll see you next week. If you like this podcast and have found it helpful, I want to invite you to come check out Gravy Moms Haven. This is my monthly community for Gravy Moms where you can learn positive coping mechanisms, find a safe space with others who understand, and learn lifelong skills that support you as you learn how to carry this weight of grief in your life. There are group coaching calls where we do guided meditations, tapping meditations, breath work, and just talk, knowing that everyone in the group is also walking the path of child loss. You can come check out Gravy Moms Haven at www.gravymomshaven.com.